Experience worship. True worship. Experience the word. Bringing you wholeness. Experience the warmth of fellowship. Experience wholeness at Lighthouse. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday at the Lighthouse. House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. Visit our website at www.lighthousenergy.org or contact us at info at lighthousenergy.org. The Lighthouse, lighting your pathway to destiny. So we will prepare as we unfold towards the end of the year. Next year is a great year. Yeah, it's a great year. Um, but I want to start this morning. Okay, so let me say also, uh, we've, we've run a series on Kingdom Wealth. We're wrapping it up this month. So this is how it's going to go. Uh, I preached today about my own last session on the series. Next week, Sunday... We, we talk about building community wealth. Um, I mean, there are two people um, who will help us through that. And let me not let the cat out of the bag, but how do you deal with the 12th prophetic word in the light of what is going on in our world uh, next week, Sunday? And then the last Sunday of this month, we will have back Mr. Shegun uh, Akintoye. If you have questions, on the things that he taught, on investment and all that, you know, it's an all-rounder thing. So you can bring up your question, start thinking about your question, or you want to go over uh, that podcast, that message again, to just see the things that he taught, or God used him to, 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 to teach us. So if you have any questions as regard to financial intelligence, as regard to investment, how to run through this present situation in our world, um, I think it will be better if you put those questions. I think we will create a link ahead of time, put those questions so that we can get it across to him and we can take as many answers as we can as we gather for the last Sunday of the month. Can I have an amen this morning? Praise God. So something that we have noticed in our world uh, which is also inspiring this message this morning. Greed is on the increase. Greed is on the increase. Covetousness, more than ever before, is something that we have to deal with in this present world. All you have to do is to sit uh, before a TV, tubes, you see, oh, you will be happy if you buy this. You hear advert like that. Uh, big house will make you happy. Big cars will make you happy. So it's as if there is no hand uh, to what we can define as this happiness. And the truth is that this things makes us feel good. It makes us feel good. But the truth also is that we need balance. 
if there is anything Christianity uh, lacks up till now, is that subject of balance, which seems to just swing from one extreme to another. And God doesn't have that at the back of his mind for us. We need to live a balanced life. In Luke chapter 2, verse 52, the Bible talks about Jesus. He grew in wisdom. He grew in stature or maturity, as this one says. And then the favor of men increased upon his life, for he was loved greatly by God. So Jesus exemplified a balanced life. His spiritual life was intact. His social life was intact. His emotional life was intact. You can say his financial life was intact because at every point in it that they need money, they are fully nourished and they are fully supplied. In fact, it got to a point where Jesus went through storm, just like every other person we go through storm. But there was a peace that kept him in the midst of the storm. And he was in charge that he had to get up and rebuke the storm. And people, his disciples were asking, what manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea, they obey him. I believe all these things are written for our admonition to help us to understand how God created man to function. God did not create us to struggle. I repeat again, he didn't create us to struggle. God created us and he has given all things at our disposal to enjoy. But he does not want anything to hone us. In 1 John 5, 12. 1 John 5:12. No, no, no. The last verse, sorry, 17, I think. The last verse, 1 John 5, 17. That's not what I'm looking for. Jesus. Thank you, Lord, this morning. 521, please. That's what I'm looking for. He said, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Little children, so, we are the one to maintain the balance. We are the one who must not allow anything to take the premium place of God in our lives. God wants our career, wants us to prosper in our career. God wants us to walk with our hands. But I read a recent statistic that 11% of yearly deaths in Japan is caused by hard work. People just sit and they just pass out. They overwork themselves. And you know the balance is in the word of God. In Proverbs 10, 22, it says, It is the blessing of God that makes rich and had no sorrow. We struggle to make money. And then when we have the money, if balance is not maintained, we spend the money to gain health. But God doesn't want us to live that way. So, this morning, I, I, I just want to try, by the inspiration of God, to throw up this balance. Godliness with contentment. 
Like the Bible says, it is a great gain. You may ask the question, why is it a great, a great gain? We will understand. What is this gain? What will it do for you and I as individuals? We will understand today. So I titled this, Godliness with Contentment. Godliness with Contentment. So that's my scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. If you read the whole of um, from 1 Timothy 5, uh, the Bible began to encourage us. 1 Timothy 5 talks about the widows, how they are supposed to be. He said, do not let a widow under 60 years old be taken into the number, and not unless she has been the wife of one man. So, if a widow is here, you are less than 60, you want to get married again, I will give you permission to get married. Because the Bible says that's the balance. That's the balance. That's the balance. So, it talks about it, younger widow, said, let them desire to marry in verse 11. Let it not be that gossips and busybody is the hallmark of their lives. Verse 14 says, I desire that the younger widows will marry their children, manage the house, and give no opportunity to the adversary to speak reproachfully. Verse 17 says, The elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. Verse 19 says, Do not receive an accusation against an elder except from two or three witnesses. Verse 22 says, Do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sin. Keep yourself pure. Chapter 6 says, a good confession. And so he began to exhort. He was talking about anyone who will not leave balance. He said, verse 3 says, if anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to the wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accord with godliness, that person is proud, knowing nothing, but is upset with disputes and argument over words, from which will come heavy strife, reviling evil substitution, using wrangling of men, of corrupt men, and destitute of truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. So from such, withdraw yourself. So, he now define it for us. He said, now, godliness with contentment is great gain. Why? For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with this, we shall be content. He said, but those who desire to be rich, he didn't say don't desire it. He said, but those who desire it has the tendency to fall into temptation and a snare, which many foolish and harmful of are drowned men in destruction and perdition. When balance is not maintained, we are open to that temptation. For the love of money is a root. So there are many roots of all kinds of evil. So the love of money is just one. It's a root 
of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed. So when money takes the place of God in our lives, we have the tendency to stray from our faith. And then we have the tendency to be filled with greediness and we are pierced with many sorrows. But he says, O you man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Then fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In Exodus chapter 20 verse 17, the 10th commandment is do not covet. So what this suggests to me or suggests to us is that since the beginning of time that God has had to have relationship with his creation or creatures, there is that caveat, there is that boundaries that he has created, that there is a tendency for you and I to desire something out of the regular boundaries of life. So do not covet. And in this case, he now extended it. It's still the same thing. The word of God, as covetousness was there from the beginning, so is it now. In one of those instances, manna was supposed to be a daily provision. But you know, sometimes when people have not dealt with this in their mindset, just like it happened to Israel, they want to gather more than it is necessary. So, Godliness with contentment. That's the balance. It is a great game. And today, I want to trust God that we'll be able to uh, do justice a bit. It's an everlasting gospel. So even if we don't finish preaching this today, we keep preaching it again. Have you ever gone to a restaurant and then you are trying to make an order and then the waiters keep coming in and out, waiting on you, asking you uh, how far. And then you are trying to look at it. You ask questions. And then at the end of the day, you place the order. But you realize that your order wasn't good until they bring the order of, the, <laughs> of your neighbor. And then you are asking the question. So it means... No matter how much you spend gathering, if you are not contented, you will still think that your order is not enough. Can I have an amen this morning? Your yearnings should never exceed your earnings. That's the number one thing. We need to have it. Your yearnings. Your yearnings should never exceed your earnings. Many people, including myself, including myself, cannot resist sales. But the truth is that you can't buy everything. Does God want us to buy things? Yes. Does God want us to buy goodly houses? Yes. But in it, in buying, 
there must be an element of contentment. Can I have an amen this morning? The Bible used the word covetous. But in today's time, is the word materialism. It's the same word. Materialism. The attitude of materialism or covetousness can never give us contentment. Because the DNA of those words is more, more, more. I use the word, I know there is more in God. The balance is that there is more in God. There is contentment if it's in God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's different from I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's different from I can do all things. I have learned, that's why Paul puts it, that in whatever state that I am, so there is a learning into contentment. I have learned that in whatever state that I am, whether in abundance or scarcity, I have learned to be contented. Praise God. I said, praise the Lord. I read the story of a French author named by Mapusant. That's his name. This man had, I mean, lovely houses, invested in real estate and all that. He had things going for him. He had a good wife, beautiful children, beautiful family that people are enviable of. But he passed on at the age of 42. Why? He made a statement because he committed suicide. So in his suicide note, he said, I have coveted everything but taking pleasure in nothing. I have coveted. I mean, it's someone that people look up to. Was a successful career person. Was a successful author. People read his article. But that was his suicidal note or suicide note. I have coveted everything but taking pleasure in nothing. Does God desire us to own something? Absolutely yes. But when we don't own in contentment, it leads to worry, anxiety, fear, weariness, health issues, gloom, despair. In Luke chapter 12, verse 15, Luke chapter 12, verse 15. These are a couple of scriptures that keeps us as believers in check. He said, and he said to them, I mean, you don't use these two words. It's like you are trying to communicate the same thing. But he said, take heed. And then beware. Take heed. It's strong enough. Beware is also strong enough on his own. But the Bible is using that for the sake of emphasis. Take heed and beware of covetousness or of materialism in modern day use of word. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. I know people will say to us, oh, let me, let me even possess it first. I have suffered for this word. Let me possess this for. The truth is that if you are not contented in less, you won't be contented in much. 
has a balance for us. So contentment is the believer's grace. It's the believer's grace. It's the Christian grace that we must all covet, that we must all live in. Someone told me to speak to someone in ministry. I've not been able to. And that's the truth because he's a big boy. But the truth is that the person has a closer relationship with this person. And so in their discussion, the person will always, it's more like saying to Pastor Sheyi, oh, I envy you. I, I, I thank God for your life. I thank God for the grace, the things God is saying. And Pastor Sheyi is saying back to me, all these things, I'm not even happy. Do you understand what I've just said? So, it's not a function of how much you have. But it's a function of the joy, the fulfillment in recognizing, being grateful for what you have, recognizing that you can grow and expand on what you have and not, not uh, putting down on what you have and then desiring to have more. I don't know if you get that contest this morning. So a man's life. So contentment is not a function of the abundance that we possess. In Proverbs chapter 23 verse 5. Proverbs 23 verse 5. Say, so will you set your eyes on that which is not for riches? Certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle towards the heaven. Let me jump ahead of my time. Why we Paul says it's a great game. The truth is that none of us can keep whatever we accumulate. None. You can have all the financial intelligence. You can do all the investment. But one business or market decision can wipe it away. So no one has the power to keep what they have gained. That's why contentment is very important. It's very important. So, contentment is that believer's grace. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, what does he say? Say, for the love of money. He didn't say money. For the love of it. For the love of it. I know people we are not friends anymore, but once it's money, they start stammering. They don't stammer on a regular day. But when it's a subject of money, they start to stammer. I know business people like that. When you are trying to make a deal, things are working, they don't have an issue. If you say you take 5%, I take 95%, they don't have an issue. But once the money hits, you are wicked. How can you take 95%? Contentment. It's not a function of what we have. It's a function of who we are in the midst of what we have. Can I have an amen this morning? So please, let me put the caveat again. God wants us to own things, but he just doesn't want things to own us. As a matter of fact, 
11 out of the 39 parable of Jesus has to do with money and possession. So it means it's something that is uppermost to God's heart. God wants us to prosper. The Bible says that he desires his saints to be prosperous. God wants us to live in health. I mean, sickness doesn't glorify God in any way. It doesn't, it's not a, a proof of our spirituality or our obedience or our humility, like we say, that sickness do humble people. No, God desires us. And if you want, if you don't understand what I've just said, eh? Please, I mean, this is, a friend of mine told me this, and it was very instructive. He said, since the day they attended church, he said, but since the day his kids followed their neighbor home, he said, they always want to follow their neighbor home. Why? His own car does not have air conditioning system. The neighbor's car, he said, well, daddy, we, 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 we. he said, but when he got it, he had to pray to God, Lord, <laughs> I can't, I can't deal with this because he can react and say, uh, you, these kids, and all that, you are Canada, you are this. He doesn't take it. Man is designed for comfort. That's, that's the message. That's the message. That's the message. We are not designed to struggle. We are not designed to sweat. We are, even in making money, we are supposed to be joyful in making money. Can I have an Amen. I know that some theology has said that unless it is difficult, then it's not God. Mm -mm. It can be easy. It can be smooth. It can be easy. It can be smooth. The God of heaven lives on the inside of you. It can be smooth. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. He can teach you to profit. He can lead you in the way that you should go. Praise God. I said praise the Lord. And you know sometimes... Maybe another theology. Some people, because of their experiences in life, they have suffered. So they always look at the number of years which they have suffered for as going to be the prerequisite for the number of years which they are going to enjoy. It's just one word from God. One word from God. One instruction. Being at the right place at the right time. Obeying God can turn your fortune. One phone call. One discussion, one manner of conversation that God leads you into can change the fortune forever. Can I have an amen? amen? We are believers. And that's the difference. We are believers. We are believers. Asaph wrote this in Psalm 73. He says, surely the Lord is born. Before he wrote it, he said, I went with the multitude to the house of God. I saw the, 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 the wicked prosper and I was blaming God. He said, until I understood the end of it. You are a believer. You have an inheritance with God. God wants you to live well. God wants you to be a blessing, not a liability to your generation. Can I have an amen this morning? So, this contentment, this word is the believer grace. It's found only in Christ. And let me emphasize it. It is found only in Christ. I understand the way the world system is designed. If I go to Costa Rica this morning and I got a BMW 2023 and I didn't, I, maybe I did not even drive it, but they put it on a 
carrier for me. As soon as I drive it out of their gate, I can't return it back and get the same money. So nothing, contentment is nothing, anything. If my joy is in that car, when I drive it after some time, no matter the gadget, even if I sleep inside, it loses value. So contentment is found only in Christ. I need to preach this to us. Because see, when people are not contented, that is the reason why some of our brethren are beginning to join cult. Contentment is a great gain. Contentment is a great gain. And it's found only in Christ. We are satisfied here now with God. That's what contentment is. And you know how to explain it? We find joy in what God has given us. And there are many things God has given us. Not necessarily money is not even one of the ten things. The Bible says in Colossians 1.27, if you are a believer this morning and you know this, you have everything. Say Christ in you. Christ in you. Christ in you. Christ in you will make you to become productive. Christ in you will make you to become a blessing. Christ in you will make you to exercise your dominion mandate. It's a Christ in you. So we find joy in what God has given us. Number one thing God has given us is life. Only the living shall praise you. If we don't life, have life, there is no business. If we don't have life, there is no there is no investment. If we don't have life, there is no one to transact business with. If we don't have life, despite the fact that we carry gifts, talent, potential, there is no way to exercise it. So, God has given us life. Secondly, he has given us Jesus. He has given us joy, peace, fulfillment. So, Contentment is found only in Christ. We can't find it in things. We can't even find it in experiences. We can't find it in people. Many people have lost hope in other people. And David said something. I mean, years ago, when I read it, I, I, I believe it's in Psalm 148 or 149, he said, God does not delight in the long leg of men. You can be connectable if God does not connect you. You can be connected if God does not put it in the heart of people. They will not help you. So contentment will help us to focus on what we have and not what we want. What we have. We have joy. We have peace. I mean, one of the things that I think about every time is that I have people. I have the gift of people. My grandmother will say it's one thing to be able to have money to, and then buy food. It's another thing for you when you prepare that food for people to be able to want to eat it with you. I won't mention it, but there's one, used to be one wealthy man who lived said so when he wants to eat, they shut down the whole restaurant. He's the only one who eats there. Is that life? 
he wants to buy a pair of shoes. That's the only pair that is made. So I'm saying to myself, he has come, he's gone. Where are those shoes? Where are those experiences? He wants to shop, they shut the whole shop down. For what? You know, if one is not contented, you know what we are joking with? Pride. Overestimation of ourselves. Overestimation of our abilities. Overestimation of our skill. No one is indispensable. I hope you know that. There are people who are once prime and movers of this world. Of this nation. You only see them on pages of newspaper. That's if it's possible. But there was a time. You read about them every day in the newspaper. They are right before our faces. They can kill and make alive. But Psalm 49 verse 20 says, Man that is in honor and understand not is like, like the beast of the forest that perishes. Can I have an amen this morning? So we find joy in what God has given us. Psalm 37 verse 4. Psalm 37 verse 4. He said, delight yourself also in the Lord. That's the contentment. He said, when we do, when I do, when you do, it grants us what? The desires of our heart. It's not even our own desire because it's God who pulls the desires there in the first place. But we are able to align ourselves with his desires. But we have to delight ourselves in the Lord, not in things. We delight ourselves in the Lord, not in people. We delight ourselves in the Lord, not in money. Money failed. It has failed in the Bible times. It's still failing today. We can't delight ourselves in money. Whatever denomination it stands to represent, we cannot delight ourselves in it. Our contentment in, is in what we have in God. What we have with God. So, contentment is the first cousin of gratitude. You know what contentment does? It gives you a generous amount of enoughness. There's no English word like that. Just write enough and then dash in front, N-E-S-S. You, you are just contented. Please, let's beware. Let's beware. Then, I mean, you need that inward contentment. I need it, you need it. Every one of us needs it. It's a graciousness. Yeah. And you know, we need to be aware. You know why? You know this word covetousness. There is an aspect of Genesis 13 that we don't point out to ourselves. Genesis 13. It's the story of Lot and Abraham. You know, if we are not, if we, are not, if we don't take heed, hmm? Four things will happen. You know, have you ever thought about it? Do you know that sometimes having much more can cause internal and external conflict? 
Some people, they just can't deal with the fact that they have more. That's why he says, the love of money is the root. If you don't have money, you don't have possession, you are, you are faced with limited temptations. Poor people don't commit adultery. See, if poor people commit adultery, the level of adultery is, uh, is short let. <laughs> Having much more, that's why we need to beware, can cause conflict. See, don't buy into that lie that more is better as advertised on TV. Abraham grew. Lot, who went with him, also grew. They had much possession. That's the way the Bible described it. Much possession. So the fact that the land became too small. So having much sometimes, if it's not with contentment, can create internal and external conflict. And because Abraham or Abraham was the contented one, you know what he did? He said to Lord, he said there is no need for us to have conflict here because he knew who is in the midst of what he had. He said so, just look over the plains. Pick, I mean, anywhere. Even in the culture, that culture, they always allow the older person to pick first. But gumption of so full lot. So, Lot chose in the physical. And Abraham, Abraham permitted him. Really. Where he chose, he will not exhaust that resources. He's made forever. But he did not see. Eh? Kiloruko City, eh? Sodom. I, I will read something shortly. Because Sodom is still around us. Can we read it quickly? 1 John 2, verses 15 to 17 in the message translation. 1 John 2. So, that month, it said, don't love the world's way. So, there is ways, there is goods. Why? The love will squeeze out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world what are the summary? Wanting your own way? Voice of advocacy? Wanting everything for yourself? Human rights? Wanting to appear very important? We are the people here. Has nothing to do with the Father. He just isolates you from Him. Said the world and all its wanting, 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 wanting is on the way out. They are fickle. There's nothing in this world. I'm not saying, I want good houses, so don't, let me put that caveat out. I want to write good things, good machine. You don't need speaking in tongue if you are riding good car. I want to 
want to wear Rolex because I just read something that when you sit around the table, people, the first thing people look is your watch. For business people, it's vanity, but that's what's called their attention. So if you're a business person, wear it. Because if they are not, if you are not wearing it, they are making it. Yes, that's a balance. But I cannot just every time I come. This morning, open to John chapter 3. So says the Lord. You can you see the vanity now? All of you can recognize it. Because you are you are also partaker of it. You know, sometimes, sometimes people leave those badges on their jackets. So that you can know where they bought it. So that we need to beware because having much can cause internal and external conflict. Secondly, we need to beware because we must not value possession over people. In Genesis chapter 13, verses 8 and 9. Genesis 13, 8 and 9. Abraham said to Lord, please let there be no strife between you and me and between my husband and your husband, for we are brethren. So we can't value possession. We can't value because we want land for the much gold, much silver, and then make decisions. In Philippians 2, 4, the Bible gives us a balance there. We must not value possession over people. He said, I thank my God, making mention of you in my prayer. Two, four, two, four, no one, four. Two, four. Philippians. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Also for the interest of others. I, I pray that the Lord we give our leadership because they may not, I want to believe that they didn't know. 500 billion? No, no, no. Lord, believe all things. I'm not an analyst. 500 billion? 70 billion for the leaders to settle in? Eighty thousand. And those 70 billion is not for anything but to buy SUVs and all that. No. No. Let's come back to church. How much do you use in filling your car? Uh-huh. You see, ha, ha, ha. So it doesn't tally. I believe that the voice of reason will prevail. They will revert it. In Jesus' name. So we can't value possession over people. That's why we need to beware. Totally, we need to learn that the greener grass is not always the best option. The greener grass, grass is not always. Genesis 13, verses 10 to 13. You see it there. Lot never knew. All he saw when he lifted up his own eyes was well watered everywhere. 
You, contentment will give you balance, inner balance. You know that which is, you know that which was, you know what that which is to come. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, the Bible instructed us on something. So greener grass doesn't always suggest that's the best option. So when the woman saw that the tree was good, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of his fruit and ate. And she also gave to her husband, and with her, and he ate. That singular posture is still causing problems in this day on humanity, as it were. Number four, why we need to beware. Covetousness is deadly. It's deadly. People kill because they are coveting. It's deadly. It's not something you want to touch with a long pole. It is deadly. See, contentment, on the other hand, is so rest. You rest in God's provision. In Genesis 13, verses 14 to 18, when Lot has fully departed, it was the Lord himself who asked Abraham to lift up his own eyes. The difference between a spirit-filled life and a sensual cannot feel life. So sometimes, Lord must be separated for you to see clearly. So contentment is so resting. You have inner satisfaction. You have inner peace. You have inner assurance. You have inner well-being. You move from self-sufficiency to Christ's sufficiency. It's, that's why Paul says, I learn. So it's a journey. You learn it. Your hands are burned a few times, but you learn it. From self-sufficiency to Christ's sufficiency. Can we read Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 to 14? The next couple of scripture in NLT, please. NLT. NLT. Let's read together. One, two, three, go. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me. So, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to become content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Can I say something to you this morning for you to also understand this contentment? There was a time in our nation that most of our parents were civil servants. Some were petty traders. But do you know through diligence and hard work, they were able to send us to school. They were able, some of them who were very shrewd, they were able to build not just a house, houses, they were able to send their cousins. You may, we may all have all these excuses that we give today, but hey, there was contentment. 
there was that balance. A good name is to be chosen. God hasn't changed. Problems, economic problems in the world has not also changed. It hasn't. All the things that fella was crying about is still happening. We can do everything through Christ who gives us what? Strength. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verses 7 and 8. Ecclesiastes 1, 7 and 8. Can we read together? No, NLT now. Can we read 1, 2, 3, go? There's nothing all of us in this room are running after this money that some people have not run after before. Or probably running after it, applying much pressure than we do at the moment. But the race of life is not to the sweet. The battle of life, who wins it, is not to the strong. Spurgeon said something, and I want to quote and read to us. He said, you say, if I had a little more, I should be very satisfied. He said, you are making a mistake. If you are not content with what you have, you will not be satisfied, even if it were doubled. You say, if I had a little more, I should be very satisfied. That's the longing of every human being. Say, but you are making a mistake. If you are not content with what you have, you will not be satisfied if it were double. When we lack contentment, this is what happens. We can easily tell. Anyone who lacks contentment, these are the characteristics. They are nitpicky. They complain. They, are, they have irritable attitudes. They speak negative words. They are depressed. They are hopeless, they are distracted, they are disappointed, they are involved in comparison games. I made a joke during the Wednesday service some weeks back. It's a joke, but it is real. Be contented with your color skin. Don't bleach. Don't. Be contented. Eh? There was someone who wasn't contented with the shape of his nose. And that was the beginning of his problem. As silented as he was back then. He just didn't like his nose. He just wanted to be pulling his nose like this. And he ran into trouble. Don't do body enhancement. Yeah, I'd say it again. Don't do it. If somebody, if angels are dispatched from heaven this morning hmm, to come to you in this service, God gave you pecky breast. That's the person the angels are looking at. They are not looking for running over. 
Be contented. Be contented. Be contented. Even the Bible says, good measure, shaking together, running over. So, wherever you are, if angels are looking for dark skin, and all that they see is light skin, you are in trouble. They return the gift back to sender. Be contented. Be contented. Whether you are six feet, or eight feet, or nine feet, or thirteen feet, be contented. The person who is 13 feet can't get bed to buy easily. So you're seven feet. You fit into any bed. I don't want to be like seven or 11 feet. I don't want to be an American. I'm Nigerian. Be contented. That's the believer's grace. Be contented. It doesn't mean, please, Lord, let me also put it, the caveat. Eh? Don't buy into the lie. Uh, you know, there is a lie that says contentment will make you become passive. No. Or we make you become idle. No. Expecting one miracle to happen. No. We make you settle for the less. No. We stunt your spiritual growth and pursuit of the things God. Mm-hmm. Contentment is actually the opposite. When you are contented, God gives you passion. You are in doing what he has asked you to do. When you are contented, it will make you become a blessing. Activeness. When you are contented, you don't settle for nurse. Because there is something in you that God can express himself better through me. So lack of contentment, we always suffocate the feelings and expression of gratitude from people's heart. You know, gratitude just has that ability to produce contentment in our heart. That's the learning. So godly contentment begins with that recognition that Jesus is enough. I love for square. Uh, Line, line. Jesus only. Our deeper life also said that. Jesus only. Jesus only is our message. You may look strange to people. That's the contentment. Because you are not, you are different. Jesus is enough. Jesus is the cup that never runs dry. And his grace is sufficiency for you in all things. Whether it is hard life, as it were, challenges, his grace is sufficient. That's what Paul was saying about contentment. He said, I have learned it. I have learned it. Sometimes things run smoothly. I am contented. Sometimes there are challenges at every step I take. I am contented. the world who should be motivating us. So sometimes I hear some of these guys who says, you just I mean, there's someone that you know, it's a great speech. He said, people, you just get to a point where you just don't want to acquire because you are crazy if you are thinking of acquiring more. 
That person doesn't know God. Just putting his gift, talent to work. He said, you get to a point where even when you are not making money, money comes to you. But contentment is a great gain, though. It's a great gain. In closing, why is it a great gain? It's not just gain. Great gain. Great. Great gain. Number one, contentment is Christian grace. In 1 Timothy 3.16, he said, Jesus Christ is the mystery of godliness. He is the mystery of godliness. 1 Timothy 3.16 is the mystery of godliness. And if you want to see the summary of his life, Acts 10.38, how God anointed him with Holy Ghost and with power. He was like ordinary man like you and I. But God anointed him to be able to do things supernaturally, which shows us that we can be anointed to do things here. You can be anointed for business. You can be anointed for your skills in the office and to excel. And secondly, contentment can be learned. That's why it's a great gain. It can be learned. You can learn it. You can learn it. It's a God-centered life, so you can learn it. You can grow into it. Number three, it is our rare jewel as a Christian. It's a rare jewel. It's like comparing it to what James said in James 1.5. When you lack it, it's like wisdom. You can ask God. Who gives liberally? You can ask God to give you a sense of contentment. And he gives you. And then you begin to put things in proper perspective. Putting eternity in perspective. Because, I mean, that first Timothy is very clear. We brought nothing into the world. And the way I like to look at it, when you were going to be born, you didn't choose those Gucci, that Gucci is what they should wear on you. And when you pass, when people realize that that Gucci is useful for those who are here, they won't put it on you either. It's a great gain, thirdly or fourthly, because no one can keep what they have. That's the truth. You can't keep it. Economic factor, outside factor can, can work on it. And what looks valuable today can refuse to gain strength. In 1 Timothy 6, verse 7 and verse 9. 1 Timothy 6, verse 7. He said, for we brought nothing to the world and it's certain we can carry nothing out of it. Verse 9. He said, those who desire to be rich, they have that temptation. So we must understand we cannot, no one can actually keep what they have. We can invest, it's good. You may get rich, but you cannot stay rich. You can't help yourself to stay rich. You may desire to, and then you make all the effort. But outside influences and circumstances can happen. Government policy, government decree, if it's a military, can just say anything. The next one, why it's a great gain, is that you will encounter powerful temptations. You will. I will. Powerful temptation. And some of them can become snares. And it can drown people in destruction and perdition. The next one is that we may wander from the faith. So it's a great gain. In Mark 4.19, talks about it. It's like 
certain things in this world choke contentment out. He said the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire of other things entering in can choke the world and it can become unfruitful. And then lastly, why contentment is a great gain is that people can experience great sorrow. So we need to keep ourselves in check from temptation, from wandering from our faith. I mean, I, I hear people say certain things these days. Uh, and you, you just say, I once heard somebody on TV say uh, that book, trivializing the Bible, said that even that book says, I said, oh, yeah. Eh? Your, your suffering, eh? the cane that they will use to cane you is inside kerosene. You are calling this that book? Okay. Continue. So, money is a great servant, but a terrible master. If you set your heart on money or possession, money or possession will break your heart. And you may not keep what you gain. But when we learn contentment, the Bible says it is a great gain. We can do business and prosper. We can gather in. Just like Abraham the patriarch. I mean, I, I keep saying to myself, that's where we are going. I won't consider myself wealthy until I have gold, silver. That's the thing. So that means beyond paper. I have gold. I have silver. That's when I can say I am wealthy. I know that the literal things, literal interpretation is how much is in forex, how much is in pants. It's good. Let's keep pushing. But the truth is that until you have silver, you have gold, you have, I didn't say land, lands. You have farms. Because at that point, you are feeding the nation. You are, you are helping nations to make decisions. That's when we can know that this world is working. And most of the time, because we don't give ourselves to balance, we truncate the process. We truncate the process. Even God who gives us can't give us instruction anymore. We truncate it. But godliness, godliness with contentment, it is what? A great gain. Can you turn to your neighbor this morning say, neighbor, you know I love you. I want to give you a piece of advice again. Please remember the word of the Lord. Not just today, but every day. That godliness with contentment, godliness and spirituality with contentment is a great gain. Is a great gain. Is a great gain. And I know you process this great gain already. Allow it to grow in a greater measure. Allow it to be a blessing to many people. In Jesus' name. Thank you everyone who is part of our service today. Uh, we didn't welcome you earlier on, but we thank you. We hope that today's message has been a blessing Please recommend our YouTube channel. Uh, this is a book.
good message for me personally. Uh, I still want to listen to it. And as you go through this week, the blessings of the Lord be upon you, upon your household. You will see his hand in all that you do. This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. The Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2, Slash 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthousenge.org for more.